Hello, and thank you for listening to episode 87 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave, and this is another one of our Soundcheck interview shows. And in this one, I'm going to be chatting to Adam and Scott from The Dust Coder, whose upcoming album is going to be available for pre-order on August the 4th. So, before I get into my chat with them, I'm going to give you all a little taste of what you can hear in that album. And believe me, and I say this many times during the interview, it's a damn good album. So settle back, turn up the volume, and have a listen to down in the valley.
as I said in the intro, I'm joined by Adam and Scott from the Dust Coder. How are you doing, guys? Brilliant. Hi. Thank you for having us. Very oh, well, thank you. No, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, I've got to admit, one of the great things about doing these shows is when we get the emails through uh, from different people. And I remember when, uh, it was last week, I got an email through from your from management that you've been with since April of 2017, I think, TMR, that you've been with those. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. It's been a few months now. Oh, they're doing a bloody good, bloody good job because the email that I got through uh, sent the link to the album that you got coming out soon, and I had to listen to that. And I've got to, with no bullshit, I, I've had it on repeat play, and for my money, there isn't a bad track on it. I think you've done a fantastic job with it. Oh, brilliant! That, that's really good to hear. Um, uh, you know, you're one of one of the first of hopefully many. So at least that early feedback's fantastic. And um, yeah, we're pretty proud of it and uh, really excited about getting it out there and getting more people listening to it. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll get more into the album and the release dates and all that kind of stuff in a minute. I think we should start, uh, you know, with the usual question of how did you guys get together? And, you know, also, it's always interesting to find out what your influences are as well. Excellent. Um, so I think to kind of kick off like the, the history of the band, um, if you like, so it was myself and uh, John Singer. We put together um, the kind of what, you know, we'll call in a boring way, the project, if you like, um, many years ago, about four or five years ago now, um, John and I met through different projects and it just kind of came up with the idea, you know, I, I, want, I want to be in a rock band as well and and john's this awesome singer um we'd cross paths so i was like you know let's why don't i show you some stuff and see what you think um we had some very early ideas um one thing came to another we started fleshing these ideas out along the kind of you know songwriting process and we were like wow we've we've got something here this is this is pretty cool so then we were like um you know we need to form a band we can't do it all on our own Mm-hmm. Let's form a band. So, we um, we all we all live in London, based in London. So you know, there's there's pluses and minuses to that. Uh, the plus side is you've got a big pool of people to go through, musician-wise. Yeah. The minus side is uh, you've got to sift through all the crap before you <laughs> find the good ones. So, in that process, um, Scott came on board. So Scott's the drummer, and he was the diamond in the rough. Um, say, be, be careful what you say. Yeah, yeah. Scott was he the only was... one that was available. Yeah, basically the bottom of the bottom of the barrel of drummers, unfortunately, and we haven't got rid of them since. So. Um, no, so Scott, you know, Scott kind of came on board when we were actually starting to be a proper band, and um, you know, he can kind of share his experiences as well. But from that point of view, the past couple of years, we basically, you know workshopped and rehearsed all the tunes um agreed that we want to invest in making an album not wait for the industry to kind of pick up this you know new unknown band um and try and invest in us why don't we put our own time and energy into it and we made the album and then we started getting ourselves out there and just gigging hard and slowly but surely um things are starting to ramp up which is really positive because you know, as you said at the beginning, Dave, you've heard the album. We're, we're really proud of it and all the work, and it's starting to get um, a lot of traction, which is uh, exciting news. Yeah, definitely. So, Scott, what was the audition process like then? Did they, yeah, so, um, <laughs> were they cracking the whip yeah. on you? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Um, no, so I, 
we'd all kind of been in bands um, for a number of years. And um, I was looking for something that was completely original. And um, it took me, you know, I, I was doing the reverse process was right where I was looking for bands rather than musicians. And that was also a bit of a, um, that was a tough job to find an outfit that um, you just really bought into the music. And that, so at that stage, as Adam had said, it was, um, they were kind of formulating the sound and they had some songs in the, in the workings, but not too much of a finished product. So it was really exciting for me to come in at that stage where, you know, I could play a role in pulling these songs together. And, um, what I loved about meeting the guys was that it was, it was pretty obvious that we were, we were always going to aim high and it was about creating the best debut killer album that we could. And we just got to work pretty quickly and we, um, we came up, I think there's probably 15 or 20 songs that fed into what is currently or ultimately the, the debut record, um, which was a nice problem to have. But we, um, yeah, we spent a lot of time honing that and getting the best songs together. And I think we're all just delighted with how it's come out and uh, just excited to hear what, what people think about it. How does your writing process go then when you're, when you're putting all the songs together? So... Um... At a kind of top level, it, it's John and I. We write the songs, and if we were to, you know, go down to the next couple of levels, if we, if I was to walk you through each song, you know, each song's gone on a different journey. But the the kind of long and short of it is, um, you know, we, we're we're a guitar and riff driven rock band, so a lot of it will be um, basically kind of music and riffs that I've come up with. And it'd be like, you know, there's a song here. And then we'll work, me and John will work together and craft in something. And, you know, he'll think about the top line melodies and, you know, the hooks and choruses to kind of complement and go with the, the kind of guitar music. Um, the other side will be John will have gone and, you know, written a song and think, you know, and bring it to me and go, I've got something here, but we need to turn it into a Dust Coder song. So, i.e., how can I come up with essentially a riff or a musical hook that can complement the song that he's already got there? Yeah. And then all of them, you know, they all kind of go through the washing machine in terms of arrangement and ideas. Some of them, some of them are right straight away. There's that lovely thing that, you know, when something's good and it's like, wow, just don't touch it. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Some, some of them, some of them take ages. They just go on this <laughs> journey and, you muck around them so much, you know, you overcook things and all that jazz. So it's the, the, I think the main thing is to answer, it's a good organic process. Yeah. You know, it's very much a couple of guys with their guitars and then we take it to the rehearsal room and we jam it with the guys and, and all that stuff. It's a very, um, it's a, yeah, it's a very organic process, which is good. And, and that's, you know, that's the way our genre should be, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's a big, you know, like you say, you've made the big decision to get an album out there. And another decision you had to make as well was producer. <laughs> and, you, and you definitely came up with the goods with the producer as well, haven't you? We, we did. We kind of landed on our feet with that one. Um, we got introduced to Clint um, through kind of an old friend of the band. And Clint, you know, Clint's really good and he's in demand. And luckily, the kind of loose demos that we had at the time were enough to do us justice that Clint was like, yeah, I like this, you know, I want to I wanna work with you guys. 
Um, and then it was really, I mean, the whole thing was, was great. It was just a match made in heaven. He was fantastic to work with. The The studio was amazing. We had loads of space. It was a, it was a live-in studio, so we were able to really, you know, um, bury ourselves in the process. Um, you know, we weren't going home each night or any of that jazz. Um, so it was pretty full-on. And, um, you know, Scott will agree with me. I mean, Clint was just awesome. He got it. Yeah. He got the best out of us. A couple of the songs, he completely flipped on their head from a production point of view, and they've come out brilliantly. Oh wow, that's yeah. always a good thing, I guess. Then is it to have, to have that the person that's outside of, of you guys that can look at it maybe in a different way? Yeah, d- definitely. And he uh, he added so much value in that respect because you come, you know, after a few years in a rehearsal room together and out doing shows and, and kind of loving what you're doing, you can become a bit sort of insular in your view. So I think we were all quite good in opening the tracks up for criticism or direction. And as I said, we actually in pre-production had a lot more songs and Clint was quite clinical in, um, you know, saying the ones that either need too much work or just don't fit in with the rest of the record so we, we took a lot of his advice on that and that's why there's 11 tracks that you know as you said hopefully none of them um none of them let the album down at all and a lot of that was down to clint um the other thing for me he's a drummer which is is quite rare i think for producers but on a selfish level it was uh <laughs> it was really useful to have clint just because he you know just got what the what the drums needed to do um and he gave me the time and he you know we tried some pretty creative things with the drums which i'm not sure i would have got the opportunity to do with another producer so um i loved it he's awesome i should also point out as well for anybody listening that doesn't know we're talking about clint murphy who was yeah. produced among other bands i mean one of my favorite bands thunder who i've loved yes. since the very beginning he's a, i think know. he's had a number one rock record with them now as well oh. <laughs> Really, really good. Which, which leads me on, really, to ask, you know, who who do you guys listen to and who are you listening to now? Oh, you go first, Scott. <laughs> um, I'm, thankfully, there's quite a lot of similarities in our taste as a band, and that should come across in how we sound. So we all love Guns N' Roses and Metallica and the Rolling Stones and ACDC and those classic rock bands. Um, what I think is really exciting, and hopefully we're part of this pack, the last sort of two or three years has been a really good breed of new British classic rock bands. So bands like Temperance Movement, Inglorious, and then more recently, you know, bands like Stonebroken and Dirty Thrills that have been picked up by labels. It feels that there's a bit of momentum behind the the, the British rock scene. Um, so I'm listening to a lot, a lot of those bands at the moment because um, it's quite exciting. But yeah, I will always revert back to acdc for me are probably my my favorite band mm-hmm. um and uh yeah i mean the rest of the guys i think we take some fairly similar influences from classic rock from the 60s onwards what about you adam um so i mean you know without i won't repeat what scott said but he's bang on the money there with a lot of stuff i th- my my personal roots were clapton um clapton got me into playing guitar and then when you go down the Clapton Road, you inevitably get into a lot of blues. And then as I got kind of to the older side of my youth, um, a lot of the heavier stuff kind of turned me on. Um, 
So I used to get, you know, I used to listen to a lot of metal, and that inevitably, then you go down your kind of technical route to improve your chops and get quicker. So I used to love all that stuff. But um, as you get a little bit older and wiser, um, you just look for that good, big, but clean sound. So there's nothing that's too kind of compressed and overproduced. You want you want something that the talents in in the vibe and the passion of the song that's coming across and um you know i think airborne are a great example um you know they give 110 percent in everything they do monster truck i've been loving at the moment as well and um just to name drop a few of the other kind of good british bands out there um i think leo gunn's first album and the virgin mary's their first album um you know they're exceptional um but they've got that kind of raw energy coming across. So, um, yeah, like like Scott said, really, just comes full circle to just that good, honest, classic rock, really. Yeah, which I think you've captured, you know, brilliantly on this album as well. It's you know, I'm I'm an old git who was like until a good few years ago was still stuck with like Kiss and Priest and Scorpions and all the bands from the late seventies through to the late eighties. And it's only really the last few years that I've I've sort of rediscovered my love for rock music. And like you said, some of the, you know, especially some of the British rock bands that are up and coming and are on the scene now. And there's some bloody good music out there. There really is. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. We should uh, we should probably just add there's an Antipodean element to the Dust Coders. So John, our singer, is Australian. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's really got kind of ACDC rooting in him. I thought you were about to say Kylie. <laughs> yes. yeah he loves kylie we can put that on record yeah um bit of in excess um but yeah i mean his influences are you know are pretty much the same but uh we we're technically a kind of aussie british um and moldovan outfit our bass player tony's actually from moldova so we've got a bit of an international edge to us but um yeah based in london i'm loving it yeah now, I want to talk about one of the, well, the listeners heard at the start of the show, they heard Down in the Valley. Uh, and, of course, the video for it's on YouTube. Have you got any particular stories about the making of the video or how that song came together? So I'll, I'll talk about the song and then Scott can talk about the video. But mm-hmm. the, the song, interestingly, because we, we were talking about this the other day as a band. We were doing some filming for um, the kind of making of documentary style clips that we're putting together to complement the um the release of the album and obviously when it came to down in the valley john's memory is better than mine but this this originated out of a, a kind of a song idea i had that was completely different to what is now down in the valley but the main thing was that riff the hook you know and we kind of isolated that and then turned it into this kind of you know fall to the floor kind of rock song that just freight train groove the whole way through and it evolved beautifully um but from memory it's completely different to what we had but it before you go onto the video the thing i love about it is um it's got two guitar solos mm-hmm. which is awesome yeah because yeah. you know in my world all songs should have at least two guitar solos <laughs> let alone let alone three or four but that, that's a different world i live in sometimes being the guitarist right um but it's I think as a song, we're particularly proud of it because it's it's one of those songs we wear, you know, on our sleeve because it's it's what we're about. It's that kind of vibe. It's that kind of, you know, riding off into the distance at full speed, not giving a shit. 
and it's just that kind of fall to the floor rock and roll anthem type thing that we we like to encompass and you know playing it live is awesome and and listening to it now turned up loud still is great so you know we love it really oh, that's good what what about the video then scott what yeah, can you tell so, me about that so on the video we um that so down in the valley became kind of one of our signature tunes it was the song that i think first gelled as, as a band that we completed sort of back in the earlier days so filmed the video a while back before we thought it'd be a single but we wanted to make a big statement with it so we we set up and, and we played live actually um in it's a, a big venue in south london clapham grounds it's a big old theater it's just a really cool atmospheric space a big stage um all the lighting and it was a lot of funks. We just rocked out for kind of five hours. We're all knackered <laughs> a bit, but we wanted to capture that energy of us as if we're playing live, which we did. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a lot of fun. Um, just on on kind of some of the other videos we've done more recently. Uh, so our last single before Valley was a song called Rock and Roll. Um, we actually. Uh, that video is on YouTube as well. And we filmed that with clips we all took on mobile phone footage when we played uh, Rockstock, so the Planet Rock Festival last year. Yeah. Um, and we, we kind of patched a video together just with this footage of us backstage warming up out in our accommodation, all that kind of stuff. And that, that had some really good feedback, which was awesome. Um, because I think... The, you know the fans people that are watching it just quite like to see that the stuff that bands might not normally show and so um we might do a couple more videos like that in the future where it's it's maybe us in the studio or it's us at shows and it just gives a bit more of a an insight into what you know what we all do and how it all comes together um so we've got a bit of a mix of the videos but yeah valley was one where let's get up there and play people can see us in action and then uh we've, we've experimented a little bit with some other ones Mm, I will also point out as well that uh, rock and roll is the song that's going to play out the show as well. So everybody listening, you've got that to look forward to, which is awesome. a, which is another rocking tune. Yeah, you can check out the video as well. Oh yeah, definitely. What's how do you go about picking which ones to release as singles then? And what other have you got? A take it you've got more singles lined up that's going to come out, uh, and also the album. I mean, we haven't even covered when is the album coming out. Um. So. Singles wise, um, I think because of the level the band's at, if you know, if I'm going to be honest, there was no real strategy. Mm -hmm. It was a question of picking ones to get some cut for in the market and get some attention and noise around us. Um, equally, ones that we thought were, you know, we've got to be a bit smart about it as well. So, you know, the length of the song, what's a bit catchy and is radio friendly. Yeah. Um, so, we were really lucky that with our first single, The More It Fades. And then thereafter that, Planet Rock Radio um, kind of got behind us and started playing them. So that that was good. So that was proved we were doing something right in the selection. Um, so we've got three singles out at the moment. To answer your other question, so the plan is, as of Friday this week, so that will be the 4th of August, you will be able to pre-order our album um, from our website direct so that's www.dustcoder.com and the album will be available for release on in October we're kind of looking at uh, mid kind of late October at the moment Yeah. so in the build up to that we're going to release three more singles 
to kind of celebrate the release of the album. Excellent. Um, what we're kind of doing is looking at what some of the other bands have done recently. So Inglorious, um, Dead Daisies did a similar kind of release campaign as well. Um, so whereas before we had three kind of isolated singles that had no real endpoint, these will all be part of the album release, so the same artwork, et cetera, et cetera. And really to generate buzz around the album, get some more radio play, and then hopefully get those pre-orders over the line and get everyone excited about it. And of course, everybody listening, all the links uh, for how you can follow the Dust Coder online, how you can pre-order the album, of course. If you go to our website, that'll give you the details of at the end of the show. All the links will be on there. Uh, and I would, like I said already, I would highly recommend that you pre-order this album because I've been, I've been listening to it. And I, one of the things that all, that's always happened to me since I was a kid is there's always one song straight away that hits me in the face. And, Ooh, go on. Uh, <laughs> and I've got to say, on this album, the one song that I, and I look for it now, I know, okay, which, which is the one that, that's going to do it? And it was, it was Save Me, which was an absolute killer. And it's one. Really? Really. I, oh, That's I, awesome. I've been yeah. turning that up so loud. Everything about it is like, oh, this was written for me, from the guitar solo to everything. Um, there's part of the drum, you go, Scott, because I'm not a musician in the slightest. There's a part of the drumming at the beginning where it's either you're either hitting the rim of the drum or you're hitting the sticks uh, together. yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's little things like that, and it's like, oh wow, that sounds re- <laughs> sounds really good. But it, as a package, it's just that for me is the absolute killer song. It's cool, yeah. Uh, that's, that's that's really good to hear. Thank you. And it, um, it goes on a bit of a journey. That song. There's lots of different parts if you break it down, just from a drumming perspective, more than anything. Um, so I got to have a lot of fun, and yeah, there, there's some rim clicks, some kind of percussion edges, and then you have got the bass drum just pumping throughout, mm-hmm. and then there's a pretty kind of face melting guitar solo um and yeah it just uh it just came together really nicely that one um i think we're all pretty proud of how that's sounding it's good to hear oh yeah but i mean like i said before and i'm not i'm not just saying this because you're on the show and i don't want to seem like you know just blowing smoke up your ass but i think it's when i find a really good album that i love i like to let everybody know about it and this is one because there was I think weakness is an is another really really strong track. It was the whole, the whole vibe and the rhythm of it and the vocals and everything about it. Once again, it's just like that pumping track. That for me, this album is not one that you'll just play quietly in the background. It's one to be turned up and listened to. <laughs> I think definitely. It's 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 interesting you say that because we are kind of like benchmark of. Um... You know, because we went into the studio and made the album before anyone had heard of us, right? Mm. We thought, let's make the product. And we always had this same of once we're finished and, you know, either just before mastering or afterwards, but let's just sit in a room, turn it up real loud in a proper studio with good speakers, and then we'll know if we've got something or not. Yeah. And all of them just gave us goosebumps. And I think... With Save Me in particular, it's interesting that you picked that one out because from the, don't get me wrong, the first, you know, two minutes of the song were great. But from the breakdown onwards, all of us just like, wow, wow. You know, that that sounds like a band I want to go and see. Yeah. that That is proper rock music going on there. I mean, it just, yeah, just, again, it still raises the hair on my arms listening to it from that section onwards. Um, 
So that, and, and I'll give you a little spoiler, which will make you happy. Uh, Save Me will be the second single we release, oh, nice. which will be <laughs> early September in the build-up to um, the album. And, and as Scott mentioned earlier, we've, we've got a nice little video clip of us in the studio that we should put together for it. Well, that's good. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure I've whetted people's appetite. Ready for that now? And then with me waxing lyrical about it. Oh, I can't wait to see the video for it. Then that'll be really good. And it's um, a brave decision, I think, as well. You you close the album with a ballad. I mean, again, me being old school, I always picture the ballad was always track two, side two. Um, was there any reasoning for that? I mean, what sort of input did you have with the running order of the tracks as well? I can't remember. I think you know what it's. It's one of the few things we all agreed on when we were selecting the order. Yeah. We always had it as a as a closing song, because I think it just doesn't. It's such a. It's a stunning song. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing the way it's come out. I'm so proud of, and also, I think it's quite a ballsy move. Yeah. To do a song like that on the debut album for a, essentially a rock album, mm-hmm. right? And as a rock band but it's come out so well that it deserves a place, but it didn't, I don't know. There was nothing really that seemed to come well after it in the flow of everything. Yeah. everything the, the kind of track listing we've got at the moment works quite well. It just had this natural place at the end. It does. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause it yeah. does. I mean, I think that is the secret to a good album as well is the flow of the tracks and you've definitely got it with these. No, it's cool, man. And touring as well. You mentioned about getting out there and getting the songs out there. What tours have you got booked? I mean, we always go on about we've got our Tivoli venue up here in North Wales that we always go to. I mean, great to see you guys up in North Wales if you can get up here. But is there anything planned near to that people can go and see you? We um definitely keen to come up uh, come up to uh, North Wales. Um, and yeah, we've got we've got quite a busy August coming up. So tenth of August we're in London. And then um, uh, London again on the 17th. So all these dates are on our website and on our social media. Um, we are playing Wayfest, which is a, uh, a really cool uh, festival in, in Surrey with a great lineup um, on the 19th of August. And then, um, so I think with, with the album campaign, we'll, we'll start to think about um, some sort of tour potentially later in the year early next year and put a run of dates together so hopefully when people uh, have heard it and like it and they want to come and see us um we'll have a show near them um so yeah we'll definitely be on the road quite a lot over the next six months or so excellent excellent well again people if you go to our website and follow all the links for the disc coder and of course on our social media we'll be retweeting and letting it letting you know what the guys are going to be doing uh You've made my day about the music videos, especially for Save Me. <laughs> Thank you very much ah, for that. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, is there anything else you'd like to get out there before we close this one up? No, just um, to really encourage people to check out um, our website when we announce the pre-order. I mean, what we're going to do is um, we're going to be bringing out uh, a new range of T-shirts to go with it. Um, you'll be able to get your hands on signed copies of the album, both CD, vinyl, um, we've got a special poster we're putting together, some new merch, and, and also some really cool experiences such as, um, you know, we'll come and do a private show for you and your mates in your living room or your kitchen, wherever you want to go, um, or equally give you guys um, the opportunity to um, 
come and have a private uh, show at our rehearsal studio in London. So just lots of cool experiences like that to really um, kind of wrap our arm around and, and celebrate the launch of this album. Excellent. That's a really good way of doing it. Are you finding that with the music industry the way that it is at the moment, you really need to, to do something a little bit different as well to, to get those sales and entice the people in? Uh, I think without doubt, you can't rely on just, you know, releasing something good and then it's all going to fall into place. Um, I think, though, what is quite old school about it still is you you really need the media attention. Yeah. You need the media side of things to, to back you and support you because that, that'll just help it get so much bigger and then that's the exposure. Um, so, you know, that's the good thing about the rock genre, though, I think. Um, you know, radio is still incredibly important. People like yourselves are still incredibly important. Um, even printed media for our genre is still important. And then all of that is gigs, you know. We have to be a really good band. And, the, you know, the good thing is we love it. So we love putting on a show. Um, and then on top of that, you add all the kind of digital and social stuff, which we work quite hard at. Um, and it all comes full circle. But um, I think, you know, you, we're always trying to come up with new ideas to come across as cool and to get some cut through in the market and to get people's attention. Um, but it is, it's very competitive. Yeah. But one thing I think we're, we're really proud of is the main thing is um, I think our product just kicks ass. I mean, you've, you've heard it and you've been very complimentary. The good thing is we've, you know, we've got the materials to back it up. And when people hear this album, I think, you know, people are just going to come on board and join the ride. Yeah, it's it's a really good point because, you know, even though I'm lucky enough to have got the, the digital copy to listen to, um, you can guarantee that I'll be on the website on the 4th and pre-ordering it as well and getting the physical copy and everything. Because it's really important, and this is going out to everybody that's listening, that you support the music industry, especially in this day and age, because... I could, you know, I could. It'd be so easy for me just to sit on my ass and go. Well, I've got the digital copy. I don't need to get it now. But then that's affecting. It's just making it more difficult for you guys. There's less chance of you doing another album, because you know why should you in in this day and age when it's just not happening? So yeah, go out if you hear music that you love. Go out and support these bands and buy the music. It's really, really important. Oh, yeah. Good man. And well said. Well said. Yeah. Well, Scott, Adam, thank you so much for giving me some time tonight. Um, like I said, we'll continue to support everything that you do. Keep in touch with us. Uh, and for all the listeners, please follow these guys. You're in for a treat when the album comes out, trust me. Uh, and keep listening because we're going to play out the show in a little bit with, with rock and roll. But until then, Adam and Scott, thank you so much, guys. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Cheers, Brilliant. Dave. Thanks, Dave. And uh, to all the guys listening, enjoy. And hopefully you'll catch us soon. And the alarm bell brings an end to another show. So, as I said in my chat with Adam and Scott, all the links that you're going to need to find and follow the Dust Coder online will be in the podcast notes for this show on our website, including the all-important one that will take you to their website and you can pre-order the album. Our website is, of course, 60minuteswith.co.uk. There is a contact us form on there, so you can send us an email or you can email us direct, which is contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. We're on Twitter and Instagram at 60 Minutes With and we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash 60 Minutes With. And those are, of course, you know by now, with the numerical 60 and not the alphabetical one. So, enough of me talking. 
turn up your speakers once again because we're going to close out the show with another song from the upcoming album and you're going to listen to Rock and Roll. <laughs> 